Welcome to Path of a Green Witch podcast. In this episode, I am going to share everything I'm learning about the medicinal and magical benefits of willow. Willows and water seem to go together. Most willow species thrive in moist soils found around lakes and along rivers and streams. The affinity of willows for water is reflected in their genus name, Salix. Salix is a derivative of the Celtic phrase salis, which means near water. You've probably seen a beautiful weeping willow tree with its lance-shaped leaves and dense flowering catkins. Catkins are flowering spikes on trees like willow and hazel. Downy, pendulous catkins give willows a fuzzy look when they're flowering. When I think of a willow tree, I think of a weeping willow with drooping branches and long leaves that hang vertically off the branches to create that classic drooping, flowing look of the weeping willow. But there are varieties of willow trees that are more conical shaped, and there is even a species called the corkscrew willow. The name comes from the corkscrew shape of the branches. Willow trees are so beautiful, but don't let the stunning beauty of this plant distract you from its medicinal benefits. The statements I make on this podcast are for educational purposes only. My statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. Therefore, the statements I make are not meant to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. All of the information I share is simply for informational purposes only. You should always consult with a licensed healthcare professional before you start taking a new vitamin, supplement, medicinal herb, or conventional medication. You should also get professional advice before you start a new exercise program or if you suspect that you might have a health problem. Knowledge is power. I hope hope you use the information I share with you to seek the best care for yourself and the people you love. Thank you for listening. Aspirin was originally created from a compound in willow bark called salicin. Salicin gets its name from willow's genus name, salix. All salic species contain salicin, along with tannins and flavonoids that contribute to their overall healing effects. Salicin was isolated by several European scientists in the 1820s. Salicin is actually a chemical that is converted to salicylic acid in the body, and salicylic acid is closely related to the active ingredient in aspirin, which is acetyl salicylic acid. Aspirin was made when German chemists added a molecular acetyl group to an extract of meadowsweet to create acetyl salicylic acid. Acetyl salicylic acid is a lot to say, so they took the A from acetyl and the spirin from meadowsweet's genus name spirea to create the word aspirin. Meadowsweet actually contains salicin just like willow bark. The German pharmaceutical company Bayer tried to patent aspirin in the U.S., but the court ruled that the term aspirin had already passed into general usage. There are so many different varieties of willow with a wide range of uses. Here are just five. 1. Salix alba. That's the scientific name of white willow, which is native to Europe. 2nd, Salix purpurea, which is also known as purple willow or basket willow, and it is closely related to white willow. The wood is light and soft, but it doesn't splinter, warp, or check, so it's great for basket weaving. The stems contain a fiber that's good 
for making paper. Third, Salix fragilis. This is known as brittle willow or crack willow. It is a rich source of salicin. Fourth, Salix nigra is the black willow, which is native to North America. Black willow lumber is used for shipping boxes. And fifth, Salix arctica is the species that grows closest to the North Pole. There are countless varieties of willow that can grow in a variety of climates, but the willows that are commonly used for medicinal purposes tend to grow near water. Willow knows the ways of water. She is a graceful, soft, beautiful tree with weak wood and expansive roots that are excellent at seeking out water. Water is the element of emotion. Willow can teach us the ways of water. The magic of willow teaches us to let emotions flow through us to avoid painful stagnation. Willow is also used therapeutically for physical pain, which is why it was used for making aspirin. Various willow species have been used for thousands of years to relieve pain. Before I dive into the healing history and therapeutic uses of willow, I want to share a few safety precautions. Keep these safety precautions in mind if you are using willow medicinally. Aspirin upsets some people's stomachs. White willow bark is less potent than aspirin and it rarely causes this problem, but stomach upset is still possible in some people who are sensitive to aspirin. People with chronic gastrointestinal conditions such as ulcers and gastritis should not use white willow bark. In addition to minor discomfort and stomach upset, white willow bark can also cause ringing in the ears, which is known as tinnitus. Aspirin has been known to trigger asthma attacks in some people so if you have aspirin sensitive asthma, do not use white willow bark. Do not use white willow bark if you're pregnant or breastfeeding. And do not give willow bark to children under the age of two. You should also be careful using willow bark if you are over 65 years old. Aspirin may cause Ray's syndrome in children under 16 years old who have a cold, flu, or chicken pox. Ray's syndrome is a rare and potentially fatal condition. White willow has never Never been linked to Ray's syndrome, but because of its aspirin-like action, do not give it to children who have colds and flus or chickenpox. Do not use white willow bark if you are taking other salicylate medications. Just like aspirin, willow bark affects platelets. Platelets are cells that play a role in blood clotting, but a full dose of 240 milligrams per day of willow bark was shown to have less effect on platelet aggregation than a dose of 100 milligrams of aspirin. You can take more than double the number of milligrams of willow bark and have less effect on your platelets than aspirin. So that means that willow bark is a much milder medication than aspirin, but you still need to keep in mind that it will have a similar effect on your platelets and prevent blood clotting to some extent. This is why it is important not to use willow bark within two weeks of having a surgery. You wouldn't want to use willow bark two weeks before or two weeks after having surgery. Combining herbs with certain pharmaceutical drugs may produce unwanted side effects. Don't use willow while taking blood thinners such as Coumadin or diuretics or drugs that lower blood pressure or even non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs such as Advil. These are also known as NSAIDs. Don't use willow if you have heart disease, stomach ulcers, if you bruise or bleed easily, or if you've had a stroke. 
Willow can also cause allergic skin reactions, digestive tract bleeding, kidney damage, liver dysfunction, and prolonged bleeding. So keep all of those things in mind before considering taking willow medicinally. Now let's get into the healing history of white willow. Chinese physicians have used white willow bark to relieve pain since 500 BC. It took 500 years for the knowledge of the healing actions of willow to reach Europe. The Greek physician Hippocrates recommended that his patients use willow bark and leaves to reduce fever and inflammation and to treat headaches. Dioscorides recommended willow bark for pain and inflammation in the first century AD. About 100 years later, Galen recommended willow for the vague purpose of drying up humors. As the centuries passed, herbalists prescribed white willow bark for many ailments including suppressing sexual desire. In the Middle Ages, willow bark was a common remedy for relieving pain associated with arthritis and rheumatism. It was also used for reducing fever at that time. White willow grew on the banks of the Nile River and the ancient Egyptians considered it a symbol of joy. The ancient Egyptians used willow bark extracts to treat inflammatory conditions. Willow was even mentioned in the Bible. The Hebrews adopted willow as a beautiful tree and in Leviticus, God commanded the Hebrews to celebrate the autumn harvest festival by setting up temporary shelters covered with willow boughs. But willow became a symbol of sorrow after the destruction of the first temple in Jerusalem. The destruction of the temple began the Jews' Babylonian exile. In the Bible, Psalms 137 describes how willow went from being a symbol of joy to being called weeping willow. Quote, By the rivers of Babylon, where we sat down, and there we wept. When we remembered Zion, upon the willows, we hang our harps, for they that led us their captive asked of us a song." End quote. In the 17th century, Nicholas Culpepper recommended willow as follows, quote, The leaves, bark, and seed are used to stanch bleeding, stay vomiting, provoke urine, take away warts, and clear the face and skin from spots and discolorings. The leaves, bruised and boiled in wine, stays the heat of lust in man or woman and extinguishes it if it be long used. End quote. Culpepper predicted that white willow bark was likely to become an object worthy of attention. An English physician minister named Reverend Edmund Stone was looking for a substitute for cinchona. Cinchona is the bark of the South American cinchona tree, which had been brought to Europe as an effective treatment for malaria. But cinchona was extremely expensive. In 1757, Edmund Stone collected some white willow bark for the medicinal purposes that Culpepper had described, and he happened to taste the willow bark. He was surprised at its bitterness, which reminded him of cinchona. Stone wondered if willow might be a poor person's cinchona for fevers and chills. For six years, Stone pulverized white willow bark, brewed a bitter tea with the powder, and gave his experimental medicine to 50 people with fevers. According to Stone, most of his patients' fever and chills disappeared shortly after drinking this white willow concoction. But white willow is no cinchona. The active ingredient in cinchona is quinine, and that is the drug that actually treats malaria, but white willow does not contain quinine. Despite the fact that white willow does not contain quinine, therefore it cannot be an effective treatment for malaria, it does treat other fevers effectively, so it quickly became the drug of choice for fever, pain, and inflammation in Europe. Beethoven's autopsy report suggests that the great composer's long habit of using powdered willow bark may have led to or worsened his kidney disease. White willow was introduced to 
Western North America by early colonists, but the colonists found that many Native American tribes were already using the bark of native willows to treat pain, chills, and fever. Native American tribes also used local willow species to treat headaches and ease joint and muscle pain. I think it's kind of funny that the colonists thought they were introducing something new to the Native Americans, but they already had their own version of it that they were using for the same purposes. Now let's get into the therapeutic uses of white willow. Recent studies have confirmed that willow bark contains more than just salicin. Willow bark contains compounds with antioxidant, antiseptic, and immune-boosting properties. In modern herbal medicine, willow bark is recommended for back pain, osteoarthritis, and rheumatism pain. It is also recommended for sprains, toothaches, headaches, fevers, colds, and flu. For fever, pain, and inflammation, willow bark is proven effective at reducing fever and easing pain and inflammation. You can use willow bark when you want a milder form of aspirin with fewer side effects. For heart attack and stroke, low-dose aspirin is a standard preventive treatment and first aid for heart attack. Aspirin helps prevent and dissolve the blood clots that trigger a heart attack and most strokes. A cup of willow bark tea contains a similar dose of aspirin-like salicin. If you've been advised to take low-dose aspirin regularly, ask your physician about including willow bark in your regimen. Just like aspirin, willow bark contains enough salicylate to suppress the action of compounds called prostaglandins. Prostaglandins are involved in menstrual cramps. If you have mild cramps, willow bark may help. Aspirin has been associated with an increased risk of birth defects though, so keep that in mind. Willow bark is not as powerful as aspirin, but it's better to be on the safe side and not use this if you're trying to get pregnant. Now I want to talk about a few herbal aspirins and some topical remedies. I'm going to share a few different ways to use willow bark, but before I get into that, I want to talk a little bit about herbal aspirins and topical remedies. These topical remedies can be slathered on your skin for pain. Topical remedies are not meant to be consumed. They are meant to be applied externally to the skin. Herbal aspirins are meant to be consumed. Herbal aspirins are herbs that contain a variety of NSAID-like salicylic compounds. These compounds have an energetic cooling effect on hot, acute inflammation, and they are most appropriate for short-term use. The following are herbal aspirins. Willow and meadowsweet, wintergreen and birch, peony, and finally poplar. So let's get into them. Willow and meadowsweet. Like I already mentioned, the salicin in willow bark and meadowsweet inspired the creation of pharmaceutical aspirin. Both willow and meadowsweet continue to be used as natural, weaker, analgesic, anti-inflammatory alternatives to aspirin. Willow might upset the stomach, but meadowsweet is gentler. This is especially true if you use the flowers of meadowsweet. Meadowsweet flowers are often taken as a tea or in capsules. Meadowsweet has a pleasant wintergreen cherry flavor, whereas willow tastes bitter like chewing aspirin. Next, wintergreen and birch. Wintergreen leaves and birch bark contain methyl salicylate. Both wintergreen and birch are helpful as analgesics, but methyl salicylate can be toxic in high doses, so reserve these herbs for occasional use in low-dose 
doses or as topical applications. Because they are good sources of methylsalicylate, wintergreen and birch both have fast-acting aspirin-like pain-relieving properties. This is good for headaches, muscle pain, and so on. If you use the essential oil, make sure you dilute it well in a carrier oil because you can absorb methylsalicylate through your skin and in large doses it can be toxic to your liver. Internal use of the essential oil is not recommended. Peony. Certain species of peony root contain lesser amounts of methylsalicylate than wintergreen and birch. Therefore, peony root may be more appropriate for regular use. Poplar. Poplar bud, which is a relative of willow, contains salicin and populin. Poplar bud is often applied topically. The following five herbs are topical remedies that target pain quickly. Arnica, St. John's wort oil, cayenne or capsaicin cream, peppermint oil, and finally wintergreen and birch essential oil. Arnica can be applied topically to bumps, bruises, aches, and pains. It should not be applied to broken skin and it is toxic if taken internally. St. John's wort oil is an herbal oil that is made by infusing the fresh buds and flowers of St. John's wort in olive oil until the oil turns a deep red color. St. John's wort oil is traditionally used for gentle, fast relief of nerve pain. Cayenne or capsaicin cream can be bought or you can make it yourself. Cayenne cream relieves pain by depleting substance P, since P transmits pain signals through the nervous system. Cayenne may also improve circulation and stimulate the body's natural anti-inflammatory response to that area. It may sting or burn at first, so watch out for that. Research supports its use for a range of pain, particularly nerve pain. Next, peppermint oil. It is important to dilute peppermint oil in a carrier oil to avoid burning your skin. Peppermint oil quickly relaxes tight muscle spasms. It can also soothe irritation. Finally, wintergreen and birch essential oil. Make sure you dilute these essential oils in a carrier oil because you can absorb methyl salicylate through your skin and in large doses it can be toxic to your liver. Wintergreen and birch are good sources of methyl salicylate. They both have fast-acting aspirin-like pain-relieving properties for headaches and muscle pain. Internal use of essential oils is not recommended in general, so do not consume your essential oils. Now let's get into how to use willow bark. The level of salicin varies considerably from one species of willow to another, so the level of pain relief may vary between teas and other products. To make a willow bark tea, all you have to do is simmer one teaspoon of willow bark in one cup of water for 10 minutes. Strain the tea and add honey to taste if you desire. Drink one cup two to three times per day. To make a willow bark decoction, which is great for relieving pain, fever, and inflammation, simply soak one teaspoon of powdered willow bark per cup of cold water for eight hours, then strain the mixture if you prefer. Drink one or two cups per day to help prevent heart attack and stroke. Willow bark tastes bitter and astringent. You can add honey and lemon or mix willow bark with the herbal tea blend of your choice. You can also find willow as a commercial extract in capsules and also products containing willow bark are sold as allergy formula 25, white willow bark, and willow prin. You can make a topical willow vinegar liniment for your skin. You just need to grind two ounces 
pieces of willow bark in a coffee grinder and put the willow bark into a large jar with a tight fitting lid. Cover the ground willow bark with 16 ounces of apple cider vinegar and stir it gently. Secure the lid and let the mixture sit for 14 days. Then strain it through a cheesecloth or muslin and put the strained liquid into a dark bottle and label it. This liniment can be applied topically, meaning on your skin, two to three times per day to ease sunburn, muscle aches, and joint pain. Here's a little bit of growing information about willow. The weeping willow, Salix babylonica, is a tree from the plains of the lower Yangtze River in China. Weeping willows have long been associated with funerary rituals in China. The weeping willow has become a favorite tree for cemetery plantings in Western traditions. Willows are associated with moist or wet soils. They are often found growing near ponds and along streams. Willows have tenacious roots that are sometimes larger and tougher than the branches of the tree. Willow roots hold on to the banks of flowing streams, preventing erosion. Willows are not confined to moist soils in temperate climates, though. I already mentioned that there is a species of willow that grows near the North Pole called Salix arctica. Willows are some of the first plants to provide nectar and pollen for bees after long winters. A willow tree is a beautiful thing to add to your landscape, but be careful because willow roots are constantly seeking out water and they could penetrate your underground water lines in their necessary quest for moisture. Some willows grow very quickly and can reach heights of up to 70 feet. Some varieties of willow grow up to 8 inches per year. So keep all of that in mind if you want to grow a willow tree on your property. Now for a little white willow magic. Willow teaches us flexibility. The wood of the willow tree is flexible and perfect for basket weaving. Pliancy allows us to have empathy without becoming overwhelmed by the emotions of others. Willow can teach you the ways of water. Let emotions flow through you like water. Emotional waters are not meant to be stagnant. Willow reminds us to stay open so emotions can flow through us with grace. I'm sure you've heard of rumination. When you give words to feelings, you are more likely to chew on them like cud, allowing the words to play over and over again in your mind. Ruminating on negative feelings is not healthy. Water can help. Do you work with water in your practice? You might be familiar with rituals that involve sending emotions to water. Water can be spiritually cleansing. It can help you handle the myriad of emotions that we feel. Here's one way to send emotions to water. First, fill a bowl with water and put it in a spot that is special to you. This could be a place in your garden or on a sunny windowsill. When you start to feel strong emotions that might distract you from being present, you can envision sending the emotions to your bowl of water. Water can soften and dilute intense feelings and keep them from overwhelming you. Offer the water to the earth or to a potted plant and ask for the spent feelings to be calm posted into something new and nourishing. This practice is especially helpful for empaths who have the tendency to internalize the emotions of others. Instead of letting everyone else's feelings swamp you, set the intention to send the emotions of others to water. You can also send your own stressful emotions to water. My favorite water ritual is to take a super long shower and let the water wash away all of my stress. Thank you for listening to Path of a Green Witch podcast and a very 
special thank you to the supporters of Path of a Green Witch podcast. John Shields, Nicole Mims, Jacqueline, and Ray. Your support means so much to me. If you want to become a supporter of Path of a Green Witch podcast, all you need to do is hit the link in the description and it will take you right to a page where you can easily sign up. Thank you so much for your support. My next herbalism episode will be about Rishi, so look out for that. Rishi is a medicinal mushroom that is used to enhance the immune system, among other things. I hope you found this episode informative. I look forward to sharing more information about herbalism with you very soon. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening to Path of a Green Witch podcast.